0: Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, beautiful people. Justin Robert Young. Hello. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello! I try to get up there. but oh, I That's good. That's good. Ah, Hello! That's too much. <laughs> so a couple things I want to talk about. I want to revisit a story in a little bit, but uh, this week we are going to maybe possibly see an attempt of launching the next Starship. That's the, uh, the prototype for the new SpaceX. Fully reusable spacecraft. We saw the uh, SN8 go up and land really hard. I mean, uh, land, letting... yeah,
0: land, land, land with
2: panache. But better yeah. than expected. I mean, oh, right yeah. up until oh. ten seconds
1: beforehand, <laughs> landed much better than than expected. Yeah, it it had me at belly flop maneuver. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was basically
0: like somebody successfully doing an off-road race and then you know just uh, for style points jackknifing their car uh, uh that as but it still rolls over the finish line like like they got everything they needed it was just you know a total demolition of the of the vehicle
1: i, I like your analogy i'm going to one up you here i've been watching the documentary being evil and watching all those evil Knievel jumps where he oh. makes the jump and yeah. then just <laughs> yeah uh so yeah he went over he made it over the caesar's palace you know fountains the landing and that's what that's what counts yeah yeah so uh yeah but uh there's a spacex uploaded a new video of it one of the coolest parts of it is where they have the camera on the ground when you see that thing coming in down at it and it just looks like looks like a cg render uh, so they're going to try SN nine, which is the next starship. And that's scheduled to be, uh, they're trying to figure out like launch conditions, et cetera, when they're going to launch that. And SN nine, uh, you know, slightly improved, you know, I think they might be going for a higher altitude on that, or maybe nail the landing and things are moving fast. You know, we were just a few weeks ago watching SN eight and now we're already with SN nine and SN 10 and 11. And so, are being constructed.
2: Do you think there's a psychological effect that will, um, uh, how how can I put this? Uh, Like, uh, there was some amount of time between the first time that, that you know, a first-stage rocket landed or, or number of, of, you know, test flights up to uh, the ISS or whatever, before we put human cargo in any of the, the uh, sorry, dra- Dragon? Dragon capsules. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, 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 it seems like we're on track. Even if this iterates faster, do you think that psychologically humans can get comfortable with the idea of, of hopping in one of these faster? Or, or do you think that, that we're going to have to keep on using it for, for you know
1: non-manned missions for, for a hot minute? I think that we're going to want to see a lot of successful landings. Yeah. The, ad- the advantage yeah. of here, if you think about this, what's kind of cool is because it's fully reusable and your costs, your launch costs are so low considering, is that we only got we had we we tested the space shuttle, you know, gliding off of a, you know, airplane landing once. We never had a fully automated space shuttle test. We've wow. never had a lot of these things tested without people. We could do hundreds of tests with Starship, hundreds of tests with Starship before any humans ever get on board it.
2: Well, and and especially once we cross the threshold into successful reusability, right? At that point, oh boy, it really does look like CG. It looks like sci-fi. A yeah. uh, 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 starship NATO is, is what it looks like. <laughs> um, but uh, once we get to reusability, then all of a sudden we're just looking at uh, time of humans to watch and and fuel. You know, refueling costs. I guess refurbishment uh, is going to be a significant. I well, just.
1: But it's it's the idea is they, they want these to be like airplanes. The idea yeah. is they come down on the ground, yeah. they do an inspection. They're now launching Falcon 9 first stages. They're getting up to like 10 launches or something. Or like the, the reusability window on those things is pretty amazing. And and now they say their customers prefer the used ones. Yeah, because they, they've improved. As a matter of fact, uh, we've talked about our
2: friend, uh, Richard Garriott, was talking about how he was kind of relieved to find out he was going to be on a Soyuz capsule because they have a failure rate of 0. Uh, sorry, of all the times they counted it like uh, compared to the space no, shuttle. No, Soyuz
1: they've they've had they've had uh two cosmonauts died when it depressurized, first head of it it crashed. They that maybe the 2.0 but they've had several uh, fatalities I uh,
2: I I know that 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 Richard was happy that he was in a Soyuz.
1: He felt very, very, he felt safer in that than in the shuttle. It's got an incredible success rate, absolutely incredible success rate. But they've and and you could say that, like in the 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 way in, you know, you know, uh, the number of people put up there, it's super dependable. It's like a truck. Yeah, it's much safer than the shuttle. Absolutely much safer than the shuttle. But yeah, they had a depressurization event the first time they did it and whatnot. It's not perfect, but you know, Um, and Course, that was yeah. that was
2: one of the craziest parts. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but uh, but while I was sick with the COVID, I watched that uh, final flight about um, the Challenger disaster. And you know, uh, decades after that terrible event, uh, there are different interpretations. But one of them, uh, the 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 go no go flight ops guy, whoever the money man was that that said yes, acceptable risk, and here he is, decades after the event. And and he's looking well aware of what kind of documentary this is. And he says straight to camera, um, yeah, going to space is extremely, extremely dangerous. And everybody who goes is a legend and a hero. And people are going to die when they do it. And that is, that is what all of us are signing up for. And it's like, wow, in an, like, in an era where anybody could see the light or, or decide to publicly see the light over things to have you know hope this isn't too controversial a take but to have the courage to say yeah no it's dangerous
1: going to space dangerous people die i you know i can't speak for him i'd say the problem there was if if you found out if you have a disaster and then you find out like you know your high level, the highest level engineers that said there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem. And the person who made the decision had consistently ignored them. It's a different situation. It's not like, hey, it's Dan. And that was that was a problem with challenger. Sure. Well, and and
2: and I am not here to this will not be the hill I die upon, will be to defend the challenger launch. But I found it super remarkable when this dude had every off-ramp, but instead but instead, you know, whether it's out of stubbornness, is sticking, you know, digging in his heels, or whether it's you know truly a belief like uh if it wasn't this it would be something else it's inherently risky i but but all i know is this guy has learned real fast that that i would never say anything like that on camera <laughs> knowing that it was going in an adversarial documentary
1: <laughs> yeah fair point that is it is yeah there is the there there is no way you go to space without accepting a certain amount of risk it just And I think the big thing is like, you just got to have a process where you decide, are we, are we well within what we think is acceptable or, are the things, are things working the way they think they were, you know, and that's the, you know, putting those checks and balances in there. And we watched with Boeing, you know, we watched systems where like literally, well, we can have this more advanced flight system, but we'll make that an upgrade. (laughs) And it's like, so it's basically less safe. No, don't use that term. That's not what that means. Like, right. Um, it sounds a lot uh, like it it's is. It's a
2: redundancy option. Who wants a redundancy <laughs> yeah. option? Sir, that's a parachute. Ah, we like to call it a redundancy option. Do you have $200 on you?
1: So uh, it is worth mentioning, and I don't know what the current status is right now, but we used to joke about how both Elon Musk and the richest man in the world are dedicated towards spending their future fortunes on getting us into space. Now, at least for the last few days, that's the same person, elon musk became the richest man in the world
2: (laughs) yeah boy that's nutty uh that that that's nutty especially because it's sort of an ongoing position um uh, if if anybody's been watching you know tesla's meteoric rise uh i guess what the author of the big short is you know loudly Mm -hmm. shouting that he's shorting it even harder the the higher it goes and uh uh, I don't, it's it's a uh, meanwhile popcorn gif you know me on the side just munching popcorn watching
1: this yeah it's not the yeah the 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 guy that the one who uh not the author but yeah the guy with the big short was about and you know he's he's a very interesting you know uh, investor and in what he looks for and, and stuff like this and it's uh you know it's when i'm kind of the opinion like gotta gotta look at all the data points gotta look gotta look everywhere i would say that in the housing bubble, it was a kind of a thing where you could say like, uh, you know, overvalued assets, no ability to pay for them, et cetera, or stock market, you know, valuation of a company like this. It's harder to sort of say because it's like a lot of companies, the outsized valuations stay that way forever, Amazon, et cetera. And, and so it's, it's to me, it's like, it's a different animal. He might be right, but I'm saying it's a different thing than what he did before. So, uh, and it is
2: is—it is worth nodding towards the fact that stock market is a weird animal in that uh, the quote unquote fundamentals are sort of irrelevant. What you're really betting is whether or not more and more people are going to bet on a thing. You know, it's like you're you're factoring in future opinion on how something is going instead of what the hard assets are.
1: Well, I mean, I I would just say it depends on your approach. So when I was young and I wanted to get in investing, I, you know, Warren Buffett was, you know, what Red Warren Buffett. And then he always advised Benjamin Graham's intelligent investor, which was be- very much get into the assets of it. But because it's long term investing, I never wanted to be a day trader, I never wanted to trade every day. Because like, that's gambling, I'm not a gambler. So I said, Okay, I'll invest in a company that I expect to hold like 10 years from now. And that was my attitude. Like, like, how do I, will I use this product 10 years from now? So my strategy is always like, where do I think they'll be in 10 years? And not can I flip it tomorrow or next week, and so that served me really well. That served me remarkably well. Every time I looked at a company and I said, "Okay, well, I do I see myself using their product at ten years?" Two thousand one bought a lot of Apple, you know. Bought you know Pixar movies. I bought Pixar. I mean, my my picks have been were always based on, "Oh, I like this, and I think I'll keep buying it." And Tesla had its IPO. But got in involved in Tesla, and it's not foolproof, but it is planning for that longer term and thinking i think they're gonna have a big value in the future like i'm probably gonna be using amazon products 10 years from now probably gonna be using google and microsoft products 10 years from now yeah those are not stock picks but i'm just telling yeah <laughs> but but yeah like i i get yeah, trying to pick it day to day yeah you're bet like you said you're betting on like what do people do what do people do like i watch this go up and i'm like oh, i'm sure it's gonna fall from where the high that it hit but I, i'm not gonna sell and try to time or try to do that because i'll just go nuts well and, and yeah, yeah i don't know we could talk about investing advice some other time but uh but
2: but but man uh it it really has been remarkable to see that uh that that
1: rocket stock go nuts yeah yeah and hopefully it keeps its value you know hopefully yeah. uh, you know uh, you know, having, I, I think I like the product. That's the thing. And that was that's the last thing I'll say. I invested in Tesla when they did the IPO because the Model S was rated the best car of the year. Yeah. And I'm like, I bet well, on the I, I
2: believe the highest rating of, or at least tied for the highest rating of all time on consumer reports. They later figured out something to nitpick on and, and dinged it mm-hmm. down a little bit. But, but you know, overall, boy, oh boy, do people who own Teslas
1: seem to dig owning Teslas. Yeah. And I'd say, and just, again, sorry for the side, Jack, but I'd say that's where like people say, Oh, what about this other look at car company? What are like, great. What's their product? Are they making and shipping a thing that people love? Everybody can have an idea. Everybody can have a theory or a mock-up or a prototype or any business and say this, have you used it? And do you love it? And that's why I, I avoid speculative market. Like I don't, Somebody's going to build this. That's hard. It's really, really hard to do that. So, Yeah.
0: Well, Well, here's some investment advice. Invest in your favorite podcasts, including this one. Patreon.com slash weird things is where you need to go to make sure that you keep this podcast a rolling. Go ahead and get your custom RSS feed. Get your uh, after things podcast delivered to you faster than it would be otherwise. Patreon.com slash weird things.
1: Gentlemen. Yep. The story we talked about before, but now I want to do some scenarios. BLC1.
2: Huh? I remember talking about BLC1, but for those of us who, you know, who are listening, who don't remember. (laughs) Yeah,
0: don't. I don't. I I mean, we all obviously (laughs) photographic memory on BLC1. I I
2: remember the four of us were were in Cancun and we raised a toast to old B-Dog, as we used to call (laughs) it.
0: I, I remember the four of us, uh, we had all like at a football game, had had written B, L, C, and one on our stomachs and took our shirts off and were chanting B, L, C, one. And I remember when you scored that field
2: goal that won it for the home team, you said, yo, and you kissed your fingers, you put them up, you put one finger in the air, and you said, this is for you, B, L, C. And then you scored yeah. the field goal. So, But some people might have missed some of that.
1: Well, for those dummies, um, <laughs> yeah. uh BLC one—that was the that signal that was observed around apparently around Proxima Centauri. So we oh, have the oh uh,
2: the uh, the one that for a hot second felt like uh like like it had to be artificial because it was such a narrow band signal,
1: right? And we still don't know and it was they were the the research organization that's investigating this wanted to keep a lid on it because they didn't want to come out there like hey we found something and people like no it's the microwave i'm like oh we look dumb we don't want that so to their credit they kept a lid on it but like guardian had a post leaked on it and they kind of provided some background details say hey you know yes we have a thing 99.9 percent chance it's just some fluke it's not a thing and so they're very i think they've been a very perfectly cautious and i think they've been frustrated by the media attention to it i on the other hand think there's nothing wrong with saying hey yeah no it's something we're going to figure out what it is there is something because i love the process i love watching the process at work and i think that's kind of cool like hey there's a weird signal we found chances are it's something terrestrial well let's try to narrow it down so It's still, it's very interesting because uh, other people looking at the data have been like trying to look at like what could cause it. And one possibility would be like satellites in really crazy out there orbits, which could be military secret government stuff. And some of the people that do satellite tracking, like we ain't got nothing out there. So the source of the signal yet to be determined.
2: So So. I think, I think. Uh, I think we talked about this on a week that you were out of town or unavailable. Yes. yes and, I'm um,
1: resurfacing it for it to get to a point, but yeah. The, uh,
2: well, well, and and I think my proposal, and I would love to hear whether or not you think there's any merit to this is, is there's a tendency for us to look at what we have and what we have is a very narrow band signal. Um, but, but uh, I would like to think that maybe this is a magician's point of view or whatever, but what we don't think about is, okay, let's not think of things that would cause a narrowband signal, which would be, you know, an alien civilization, that kind of thing, or a satellite. Uh, But but is it possible to think of things that absorb everything except for that narrowband signal? Like, is it possible for there to be uh, I, I don't know, a cloud of of something for example, you know, mass spectrometers or whatever you know get 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 altered when light waves go through clouds of other things or whatever. Is it possible that something natural is just filtering out everything except for this or 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 does it sound definitely modulated to to the best of your understanding?
1: I mean, it would be it would it, it's like pointing towards a point in the sky and seeing apparently seeing like a super, super broad red light that's brighter than anything else. And then saying, okay, maybe it's a source of white light that's being filtered or something, it would, it well, would be well, well, a yeah
2: we, Actually, that's a pretty good analogy for what I'm thinking of, because I could imagine, you know, whether it's a, a cloud of debris or something uh, that, that, that that would scatter things and maybe, you know, or, or you know, a red shift, you know, that's how we learned about red shifting and blue shifting galaxies and all that stuff.
1: So I I, uh, that, that, I get, that's almost exactly my speculation. Yeah, but I'm saying it's in the thing that's the source behind it would have to be so much more energetic than anything we could conceive of.
2: Oh, got it. So so however however powerful the signal, if that means you have to, orders of magnitude, amplify the signal if
1: we're going to put a filter between the two and we're only seeing that one part. I'd be my guess. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm way out of my expertise here. So I would say, you know, reading as much as I have Omni magazine when I was a lad, um, uh, it it seems to me like, yeah, there, but the, that is, but to your point though, that is the, the alternate explanation is something we haven't encountered before that it could be, you know, that's how we discovered, you know, magnetars and other stuff was we just observed this weird behavior in like, you know, pulsar, you're like, boom, 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 boom. Like what could cause that? Right, we, yeah, we, we
2: also talked about the weird um, uh, hexagonal rocks, the crystals, you know, it's, it's. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think that's where we ended up in our discussion was thinking, you know, almost certainly natural, just a n- type of natural yeah. thing that
1: is new to us. Yeah, and that's what they're, and that's to the credit, that's what the researchers here at the Breakthrough Listener is like, like we, it, it's, either, it's either something coming from here or it's probably some natural thing we would never encountered before. But let's assume yes. it's not. Let's play a game. Uh, I call this game contact, Arrival, or something else. <laughs> so uh, let's say you're some researchers at breakthrough, listen, and you're handling the signal and you go back and uh, one of the ways you know, uh, you know the one of the things they, the movie contact's great because you see a lot of the procedure for what they do. like you have the telescope aimed at something, you go off alignment to see if you're still picking it up, then back in alignment, et cetera. Um. Let's say you got a signal and all of a sudden you unpack it and it's a ton of data, ton of data. It's structured data.
2: Um, okay, Okay. so in that situation, and, and by the way, that whole like moving to the left and to the right thing, am, am I right in remembering that's how the researchers discovered the background radiation from the Big Bang? Was that they're all like, well, go to the left, still there. Go to the right, still there. Wait, is there literally any direction we could point <laughs> A receiver and not get this uh and then that's that's how we how we got the background radiation in the universe i don't i don't know if that was a moving telescope or not that uh oh i I, Labs, I thought I it was but but i you know again i, I may be misremembering yeah. it uh but man how do you even parse that proxima centauri is what a couple a couple of light years away like three and a half light years or so so long enough that a conversation uh i think we talked about this one of my favorite classes I took at UT was a thim- thinly described uh, or a thinly disguised introduction to linguistics class called Languages of Science Fiction. And um, they went through all of the cop-outs that we see in, in science fiction. Uh, and absent those, what are the ways to truly establish? Like, if you just have a bunch of alien chatter recorded there's really, unless there's some kind of Rosetta Stone, unless there's some kind of universal constants or some kind of uh, breakdown of of like, we know they're saying these things in their language, uh, then there's really no way to figure it out short of uh, a, a back and forth conversation. So unless they're broadcasting a, a, a primer, I I don't know. I don't know how we would, would find out what, what it is. Well, th-
1: this would be an intentional signal. This would be clearly aimed at us. This is not us picking up. This would, th- I mean, so so almost likely- almost
2: certain they almost certainly they would include some kind of
1: key. Yeah. Cause like, you know, people like there's people point out, ah, oh, well, this proximatari is too young to support life. Well, if you're dealing with the interstellar civilization and you want to be polite, uh, maybe the polite thing is to go to the next star system over and put a transmitter and say, Hey, if you get this, we're here. We we don't want to come into your solar system or evade you or whatever. We're using this sort of frequency, which is a pretty good frequency. Um and so I would say that it would be it'd be most likely if it's aimed at Earth, it's something intentionally aimed at Earth. So we're assuming they're trying to contact. Let's assume that it's real and they're trying to contact. And, and the scenarios could be, uh, you know, in what would you send? You know, you could send in you could send like Encyclopedia Galactica. You could send the uh, in contact. Hey, here's a machine to come visit us. Um, Mm -hmm. You could do Arrival, here's this special language to let you look at the world in entirely different kind of ways of seeing things, which I loved Arrival, thought it was great. Um, You have the species thing, hey, here's some DNA, grow this, see what happens, wink, wink. Um, Another option (laughs) would be an AI. Imagine being able to send sort of a simple AI that could answer your questions.
2: Uh, That makes maybe the most sense because maybe the uh, the ai could even uh if it was i don't know figure another what 150 300 years from now ais will be smart enough to just you know set them up say just listen once you detect this threshold of you know what appears to be you know learn their language learn all that stuff just just listen and then at some point say hey how's it going not gonna say who we are where we're from but are you cool because we're cool and then, uh, and it seems like an AI could have that wink, wink conversation. Right.
0: So, and also it would just be kind of like the, the, the set it and forget it, uh, uh part of, of building an interstellar coalition, right? You would just have your century there to be like, all right, well, let's see at, at the point that we reach any level of compatibility and then we'll just, uh, reach out. Hey, congratulations. Uh, uh, you now have a technology sophisticated enough to talk with us, uh, but would, would you like to know who we are? Why yeah. or n? What well, and, and plus also,
2: I think that there's an inherent bias you know, you think of the Independence Day problem, like it's our resources. They want to come and steal our valuable rocks. Spoiler alert: universe is filled with rocks, and if you're going to spend the energy and the technology in order to get somewhere, you're probably not going to bother to come to Earth. You for could probably its rocks. generate
0: that. you could generate that kind of value in another way that doesn't involve coming down to making us the center of the story.
1: Yeah. It's like, or like the TV show V, which was fun. And some other ones are here to steal our water. What Europa wasn't good enough. Like all these other places just filled with water just weren't good enough. Like you had to come here to steal our water.
2: Yeah. You know, what's funny is I want to hold back like a 40 year old spoiler and say like, but they also needed food in the form of humans.
1: (laughs) What? Yeah. Uh, so, because I think that's obviously if we got like, oh, it's code, nobody, nobody in the room's would be like, well, let's run this thing. Everybody's gonna be like, Ooh, what do we do here? What well, should we run this code? And it, it could be like GoDaddy's horrific like fishing thing they did to people for the holidays. Like, what you was suckers that? clicked on the- Uh apparently, um, they sent an email out to people saying, Congratulations, you've got a Christmas bonus, you know, for your hard work. Click here. You clicked on it, and then a lot yeah. later you got a notice, like, hey, uh, that was a phishing scam that we tested you on, and you failed it. Uh, and so and th- of course- This is,
0: uh, there, there's there, there's a great episode of Darknet Diaries that goes into, because uh, they talk to a lot of white hat hackers that uh, deal with uh, you know these kinds of situations, and there really is an ethical line that they have to walk of like, all right, well- at what point are we number one, doing the client a disservice by not at by not doing the the same kind of dirty schemes that somebody nefarious would pull uh, but at the same time, are we actively harassing the employees of the company that we are that we are now working for to prove that their employees are not being digitally safe enough? Yeah,
2: that boy, knowing it was only sent to employees does kind of color it a bit because um, I don't think it's out of bounds for a company to say, we expect expect, um, excellence in your informational hygiene at our company. And as a result, just know that we're going to look for excellence. And if you're not excellent, we're going to let you know. And uh, this could be one of those things that pops up.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I you know to do it before the holidays and plus with a round of firings and there'd be no actual bonus i'm like uh like yeah there are things i can do to find out if somebody's loyal or somebody's smart i'm not gonna do all of them and and it's and it led to shocker everybody hates GoDaddy more than
0: before (laughs) i was about to say they
2: they weren't in a
1: great position to begin with (laughs) And that's the
0: thing is, is, is you know, for, for, for the, the contractors, if it was GoDaddy itself and not a contractor, that's a different thing. Uh, but uh, even if it was internal, the idea of like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there is a line. There's a line that like, yes, a black hat hacker could take advantage of this. Uh, also, you're actively being a major peen to all of your employees (laughs) like like is is that juice worth the squeeze
2: yeah that's tough too because like uh i know that that whenever you go to a third-party contractor i mean you are expected to get results where it's like um hey you want us to play softball with you or hardball like no man we're paying you the big bucks you play the hardest hardball you can hardball because we're spending money to find out if you can get us it's like, well, congrats! It's gonna be a Christmas bonus phishing email. Uh, like, I, 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 I don't know. It's hard knowing that it probably I, there was, was a There third was also party. there was
0: another there was another story recently that was like even more direct as to like uh, uh, firings or something like that. Like it it, it it played even more into kind of our, our current economic instability. Oof. That was like
1: another well let's just make sure you don't click links no matter what they say (laughs) yeah yeah so that's the problem we run into if the aliens send us some code Uh, i think everybody in the room would be like no we don't want to click on this because we're probably the bad idea but uh so i don't know that i would trust an alien civilization that would send us an ai and say no just start it up it's safe it's no it's safe it's totally safe I, I would imagine,
2: like in a world where, I mean, if you have the resources to set up an outpost between your civilization and ours to pay attention and then send signals, it seems like the resource, the most valuable resource, would be whatever interesting research we have to bring to the table. And so, in that regard, I, I, I it's, it's hard. I, I am inclined, and maybe, maybe you can convince me otherwise, but I'm inclined to assume across the board that. We're just helping a grad student out. Uh, and and I can't imagine what they would get out of malicious code.
1: Well, that's the promise we can't imagine. And that is the thing, is that is that we could think of things like, for instance, I think we've talked about this before. Like in Star Trek, like, oh, the the threshold is you develop warp drive. And I think the threshold that there are aliens watching us is you develop really smart AI. Once a civilization's developed AI, that's the point at which they accelerate. They theoretically could accelerate very quickly. And if you're worried about things, either combusting or gray goo or all the horrific AI scenarios, that's what you want to watch for is pay attention to like, how's this other, how's this civilization's AI progress coming? And do we want to help them or not? Or are we dealing with other AI, is it AI that's out there that took over? And it's like, all yeah, right, that's wetware. that,
0: that, 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 that. That that to me is, is is the question is whether or not and the AI is looking from
1: beyond the stars
0: saying like oh finally a new life shedding its larva of shell of of humanity like let's bring this into the fold welcome
1: AI. So there could be religious extremists. Could be a lot of reasons. You know, just, just so many. And and thing to think about too is it. We often imagine, like, oh, a really advanced civilization, they would be so smart and wise because they had this advanced civilization. Well, I mean, the people that built it were, but, you know, what happens 10,000 years later when, you know, everybody becomes dumb and they have star drives and all this cool tech and they develop, become like a bunch of people living in, you know, Malibu with crazy religious ideas and stuff? and. Anti-vaccination schemes. We're, you know, we're not happens, talking about then?
2: any one particular set of people. Just in general, <laughs> talking about alien civilizations Fine, on the West Coast Malibu, uh, in general.
1: I'm just just saying. Um, but I would like, say that's the thing too. It's like it's like I love that that there was that Saturday Night Live episode where the uh, the spaceship lands and two pilgrims walk out with like muskets. Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, acting like they're uh, they're, they're superior.
1: Yeah. You know, so, anyhow, I think that it's a very interesting scenario to think about. Like, what what do you do? What would you guys do if all of a sudden, like, you got like, you got Encyclopedia Galactica, and there's a lot of cool stuff in there. You know, technology, designs, inventions.
2: This is where this is where everybody who's my friend in IT says, "Duh! What you do is you create a virtual server and just run the code in a virtual server." I don't see what the big deal is. Uh, which I'm well, sure it's a
1: text file. Let's say it's a text file you're not executing anything you you're so
2: I mean yeah you definitely read it right and and that is one of the nice things is that if it's an AI and it has been listening which would be extraordinary given that we haven't you know aimed anything their way so if an AI was able to parse our radio signals that means it would only be like <laughs> like in the aughts uh in terms of the the lagging behind our our technology as it started to uh, or our or history, our story, as it started to transmit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would. I, I, I'm already already, you know, I say run the
1: code. Like, what do you got for us? <laughs> so I'm saying like, even like you personally, like all of a sudden you have Encyclopedia Galactica and you see things like warp drives and stuff in there.
2: Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. So like an infection in terms of, uh, like, fire stolen from the gods where all of a sudden we're advancing... Quote unquote, beyond what our civilization should be, or whatever, which I um, think is an inherently
1: I, awful position. Um, imagine, imagine we brought, remember when we were kids' Encyclopedia Britannica when the internet was on printed paper? Imagine you brought a 2020 edition, I'm sure it exists somewhere, to a thousand, twenty, thousand years ago. Yeah,
2: they didn't you, read I, it. I, I, Uh, I, I, I think about that oftentimes (laughs) way too often when I, when I, (laughs) when I, when I fantasize about like, you know, if I were to just wake up and it was 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago or whatever, biggest problem I'd have would be the fact that even if it was English, any version of English, I wouldn't be able to understand other people. They wouldn't be able to understand me. But once we got past that, uh, I think. To myself like what are the gifts that would be most valuable to them uh in terms of fundamental understanding of the universe um i don't really have i would say germ theory would be a big one but but i don't know how i could get them to believe me um uh, gravity of course eventually became very important but but all, but but a huge chunk of that was the invention of calculus so that you could accurately describe gravity I I don't know Wait, uh, uh, what about you Justin uh, uh uh um in addition to of course the 19 or or 2015 sports almanac
0: oh man um I guess my 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 initial thought would be you know some level of of, of a- automation or computation of uh, but I don't know whether or not I mean that's certainly not a skill that I particularly have in my head, right? I mean, if I could have it and go back, then then obviously that would be uh, uh, the 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 ideal thing to do. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess that 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 that'd be that'd be my initial thought.
1: I think, you know, if you have the encyclopedia there, you could go through stuff that we kind of forget's useful, but like start with. You know, let's say we're some monk in a monastery, or whatever, and we've come across this knowledge. What's going to be the most useful? You know, pasteurization is going to be useful. You know that there's yeah. an immediate application towards that. You might then look at uh, things on, you know, what what is your role? Your your role is food, so that what what applies to agriculture, like fertilization techniques, like how do you make your fields a little bit more, you know, abundant? Uh, how do you do? improve things candle making that you just start with the low level stuff then work your way up to like you know metal working and how to make how to make steel
2: yeah you, you know what um, would be would wild you? is if you could let's say you're able to talk and build a reputation uh, i would say that your real gifts would come like five or ten years in once you have a reputation of like we don't know how or why and this guy's clearly crazy talking about you know metal beasts flying in the sky and living in amazing you know millions of pe- people in a city Uh, but we've we've now hit a point where we believe whatever they say and so as a result you could start proclaiming things that are that you know are possible even if you don't know how to do them for example like um uh, oh uh, uh, fertilizing we were talking about you know the same guy that uh uh, (laughs) that later would create a a, a, a zyklon b or whatever that, that that was used in the holocaust that same guy figured out the technique to extract nitrogen from the air for uh, fertilization. So it's thought that he saved millions and millions of lives from from famine. But, like, I don't know how that works or what it is, uh, but I know it can also be used to be made, made into bombs or whatever. But, like, just me knowing it for a fact and having dedicated people believing it, it's sort of like that phenomenon where nobody could do a certain thing and juggling until a YouTube video pops up with it, and then, like, 48 hours later, three other people can do it as well.
1: When there's, there's. I, I, a lot I also, of- also
0: wonder, at, at what point does the prophesizer become the inventor, right? If you're out oh, there yeah. saying that this stuff can happen, then you're now the inventor of these things, whether or not you're the person to fully develop it. <laughs>
2: Steve Jobs. <clears throat> Sorry, what? Well, you could... Uh, I don't uh, know. I mean, Oh, well, well, I mean, because essentially Steve Jobs, you know, like, like, uh, uh, he knew. Well, no, no, no. He, he knew he, it could be he done. He made
0: the thing. No, no, no. He, he, didn't. he didn't. He didn't. He was not I in a no laboratory
2: at four in the morning soldering parts together himself. He went to his he team and said, I know you can make it. He start a company yeah, to exactly.
1: launch object oriented programming and to put more money than anybody else did it. Well, he did do that, but that's an entirely different way of looking at it. Oh, uh,
2: no, no, no. But, but my, 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 my point is, is,
1: uh, did not invent the soldering iron
2: brian uh th- my 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 point is if the issue is uh uh that that uh, at what point does declaring that something is possible become indistinguishable from invention and wow. uh and, and 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 that's that's the example that pops into my mind is st- uh, uh, steve jobs was right it was possible to combine you know uh the best iPod uh, hey, but phone he's not and a a communication but, but, oh device. now, not a guy Brian, that just now said,
0: we're into this, bitch. Why did it, you get us into this? I, ditch? I, I,
2: I, like it's I'm not interested. You are.
1: It's not like he just said, oh, it'd be cool if he had to find the resources and the people and the talent that he had to build the machine to make the machine. I, you know? Sorry, and, uh, uh, uh,
2: apologies. Apparently, I misunderstood something. Uh, but 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 to the question of whether or not uh, uh, declaring something as possible is becomes indistingu- indistinguishable uh, from invention, uh, I think yes, I would agree with that. It if won't you get wrote you wrote very books, This you, would
0: be this would be like a guy in PC Magazine or whatever writing all of the like things that were going to happen, and then they all happened, right? And then at what point do you go from the muse that the inventors listen to? to the guy that really was the the origin point for a lot of these ideas. I think that that the actual creators still wind up getting their due, but you become this mythical, you know,
1: shamanic figure for whom charted out the future. I'd say that like, I mean, there's the difference between like, Hey, I have an idea. And then like Edison, you know, we could count the number of times that like the use of carbon in, incandescent bulbs had been invented prior to edison the thing that edison had was when edison had been an inventor with like the multiplex telegraph, he had to then he took all that money he put it into this menlo park into his research lab to build things and then he hired brilliant minds people to solve problems for him he built the machine to make the machines and i guess that's kind of thing too if you go back in time you can say i would not tell stories about the fantastical future because you're going to probably find yourself you know uh burned alive yeah what I would do is, you know, maybe you become a blacksmith, like Doc Brown, whatever, and like, hey, you know, we could add a little notch at the end of this hammer so we could pull nails out. Like, yeah. hey, uh, we might have a better way to make a hammer. You know, oh, wait, let's add a little knob here so it make, gives you more pull. Like, you could just pick up a toolbox and say, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. Nobody's going to call you, accuse you of witchcraft. They're just going to think you're a really clever person. I think you would you would work for like, where how could you what are the simple things that you could do that would just make things a lot better? And you know one of the best innovations that I ever heard was like uh, accounting, the idea of using you know the two boxes, you know, one for current, one for ad, whatever, like double ledger accounting. like how big of an influence that would have on systems? You could go back in time, go look at how a business was run, and like, Oh, you're using medieval numbers still? <laughs> you're using Roman numerals. Let's let's use these crazy Arabic numbers. Whatever. The,
2: there was um, something uh, I want to say. Maybe ten years ago, maybe fifteen. But but um, when you think of simple machines, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle all of this. But it's like there there's only there, there are fewer types of simple mach- machines than you would think. You know, a piston, a lever, uh, blah blah blah, or whatever. Uh, and then it's like a, a, a and then a hundred years goes by. And very recently, like, again, I'm getting all of this wrong, a seventh or eighth simple machine is discovered, uh, a fundamental simple machine. And it's like, that is definitely the kind of stuff that could be in an Encyclopedia Galactica, where it's, uh, where all of a sudden it's like, well, you probably have some of these, which ones do you not have? How can you use them?
1: Yeah, I think it's, there's some, there's some kinds of innovation, we're just not going to be ready to be like, oh, we're going to show you how to build a new, you know, diamond lattice microprocessor using your you know quasar lab great what do those things mean oh sorry wrong addition um uh we have like a twinkie that has no calories yes <laughs> all right
2: <laughs> unfortunately that message goes to uh uh like 1500 years ago when people were starving they're all like why would anybody want a twinkie with no calories in it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So uh anyway, I think it's a very interesting thing to think about like what would we what would be useful and not too destructive and forwards and backwards.
2: Uh, I I one thing we haven't miss, mentioned that I'm I'm a bit surprised cuz usually it's one of the first things that comes up is a map. Isn't that usually one of the first things that you say is like, "Oh, hello people of this island. Um there is a thing called the world and this is what it looks like." So, yeah, I mean in terms of, of, like, who's where, like, certainly if there's political yeah. beef and there is a, a gray goo, like, hey, as you're exploring, um, all of this land is, or all of this space is covered by AI bots that are self-replicating and, you know, they're, we're embarrassed of them.
1: Please don't go over there. God, what if it's like one of those fast food maps they'd put on trays of, like, sponsor businesses that sponsored it? I've, uh, yeah, With I've coupons heard. and stuff.
2: Uh, well, well, especially knowing that there's all like let's say let's say there's a fundamental truth, but somebody has a patent on the left-handed molecule versus the right-handed molecule, and so they're all like, so anyway, when you do this, make sure to use the left-handed molecule because that's the only one true molecule. Brought to you by left-handed
1: molecules. I can't even imagine. I uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the the thing that I that I think would be helpful is either I think either it's AI or. It's AI plus like a lot. If it's a lot of civilizations, the night the upside of that is when you go around the world and you go to big cities, you go to you know you go to you know Singapore or you go to uh, Hong Kong or whatever. Um, they look similar. You go you go downtown New York. You're in the middle of New York City, and you're in the middle of a big city in some foreign country. There's a similarity to them. There's a familiarity that happens when so many cultures come together and sort of navigate. This is kind of how we're all going to get along, and so you kind of feel you actually feel more at home in a big. I think we'd feel more at home in a big city in an alien civilization than just some rando planet.
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely know that's true when it comes to just a, a rural. Like, take all of the sub three thousand population cities on the planet, and think of how wildly different one to the next might look. Everything from you know puritanical sixteen. 80s, you know, New England, you know, to uh, uh, sub Saharan Africa or whatever. Um,
1: yeah, no, that would be fascinating. I think about if you were to travel back in time, you would want to go to Venice. You'd probably rather go to London. You'd probably want to go to like some place that's like one on the water in a trading port or whatever, because they're going to be a lot more forgiving to somebody dressed funny and talking weird. Yeah. So, you guys want to do picks? Let's do it.
0: I got Yeah. What you got? So I am just back from on the road. And I'm here to say that definitively the best on the road companion that I've ever had is the Oculus Quest 2. Oh.
2: For which I got for,
0: for, which I got for Christmas. And I got to say it has stood up. Not only as a, uh, a a a game with a bunch of console or a bunch of uh, or a console with a bunch of games, but also uh, the fact that it uh is is pretty robust with like not great Wi Fi. Like there was like a lot of stuff I was able to do with uh, and download stuff and and uh, play online multiplayer stuff like with a uh, uh, not you know perfect Wi Fi. Uh, uh, it's it's exceeded my expectations and i just have to say that that the utility of uh having just a slap it on take it off as casually as you as as you would pick up and put down your phone is all the difference all the difference in the world it is just uh it it changes how you think about it changes the games you want to play changes like uh, i had a i had a moment where I ordered food from a restaurant to pick up, like uh, around the block from where I was staying. Slapped on the Oculus Quest, played eight holes of golf, and then took it off. Went over and picked up my food, and it was just that simple. And I would have never thought about VR in that way before, until the Quest. So, uh, a big, too enthusiastic thumbs up for the
2: Quest. Did uh, did you rock it on the plane? On the plane ride? No. Sitting in your seat. Next to some
3: lady they wanted I don't know to if, ignore. I don't, know,
0: I, don't, I don't know if you're aware of the cultural moment that we're in right now, but horsing off on a plane is not something that's going to be uh, uh, taken in any way other than a, uh, a, 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 a tremendous problem, both by the, the staff of the plane and those on it.
1: Huh. This I would, is the Oculus uh, Quest, quest Two, you say? I'm looking this up right yes,
0: now. Yes, I. No one has mm. ever talked about mm, it okay. on this Should show before, them. and I'm glad to bring it to. No, Brian. No, in all seriousness, on edge is how I would describe the mood. Oh, of, really? uh, of, of flights these days, like nobody is in the mood for anything other than getting. You know, if if every flight could have a fast forward. It would be when I first got on, on the first flight that connected through Houston, going to Atlanta, the pilot got out to the cabin and said, uh, Hey, like just gave us like a dad talk on how everyone's going to wear a mask and nobody, it doesn't matter what your political opinions are and what your thoughts are. The science are. And everyone just kind of looks at him like, okay, dude, cool. We're all wearing masks. And he just kind of like breaks down. It's like, We've had an issue. And then just <laughs> back into the cabin. Like, so it, it is from from the the flight attendants to everybody else, like now is not the time for anything other than falling asleep on a plane, for which I'm able to do. And that's that's what I did. But uh I, I would even say then you you probably wouldn't want to do it unless you're just watching a movie or something. And and even at that point, it's it's not necessarily the best uh uh for that unless you're streaming um because you even when you're when you're playing with those those things it's like you don't realize time melts man like uh, there were a couple times where i was in a smaller uh, uh space in in one of the hotel rooms that i was staying at where my arms were kind of hitting if i put my barrier right up against the wall my arms were kind of hitting the barrier uh uh it is it is immersive man it is it is something that you um you, you want a little bit of space, but at the same time, all you really need is a little bit of space.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's why I would totally expect to see somebody at least try to do it on a plane, you know,
1: specifically for that time-melting capability. It's, it's you can, but it's like, I mean, you get to do an Oculus Go on a plane, you know, but it's like here, because it's the 360, the moving around, you're stuck in your seat. It's not as, like, there aren't a lot of experiences of just sitting in your chair, vr even though you they're really cool ones there's some but it's not even the stationary experiences are limited yeah because you're 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 looking to the
0: side you know uh, and and if if you're worried about hitting somebody in in the face with your with your uh uh, visor you know i think that that would at least for me be enough not to do it but uh, again it's like if you've got a movie on there if you're watching it like that then maybe but even then you know i think it uh you might even want the utility of just having it on 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 your phone the the where where time really melts is when you are in a game you know and and so i played through uh trover saves the universe the justin roiland game which uh is very very justin roiland <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll i'll just say if you uh uh if if if, if you don't like, if you don't find charming Justin Roiland ad-libbing, then uh, uh, you might want to skip it because, boy, is it a lot of Justin Roiland doing those, yeah, man, Justin, I'm, I'm going to ad-lib. Yeah, that's what I'm Justin Roiland, and I'm ad-libbing right now. Don't know what I'm going to say, but, boy, am I, I'm saying it right now. Like, that's uh, every character the entire time. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun, but I had a situation where I sat down uh, uh when a football game was just starting i finished up trover saves the universe and it was three minutes left in the third quarter and boy did it not feel like i had taken that much time it felt like i had just gone through like two and a half levels
3: wow
2: uh i i man i i guess i'm just gonna double down on um uh, on on my past pick of of uh, Kim's Convenience, uh, we continue to be plowing through it with the family. It's great. It's great. I love everything about it. it makes me feel connected to uh, uh, all of humanity, and it, it, I, I I love it.
3: I uh I I booted Kim's up uh, earlier this morning, and uh, there I, I had not seen that whole fourth season. I just missed that they added a, a fourth season to Netflix. Uh, but I, that show's good. Yeah, that's way good. Uh, I got to pick. Uh, I've been using this for uh, a little project after uh, someone on the show recommended it. I wonder who. Uh, I would like to re-recommend Notion. Uh, hey! The uh, kind of document processing suite. Um, I-, I have found I'm still getting used to it. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring out what the most effective uses of it is. Um, right now, I'm using it for a lot of word processing um, for organizing pages and subpages, um, it's got a little calendar view, which is very helpful. Part of the thing that I'm working on needs um, needs a little bit of a schedule, and, um, and and it it's cool. I I was able to get a lot of it done just on my iPad uh, uh, last night, and I think I think that's a, it's it's a, it's really cool the way that it makes stuff like databases um, easy to make and to uh, to organize. In fact, my only my only The only thing i bumped into as a uh, productivity problem with notion is that you can't you can't make a table that isn't a database so when you make a database you get this whole big view with uh different views and properties and filters and and i just wanted to make a little two column just a little boop and boop um and there's they don't have they still don't have that yet uh but I, I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's really. Uh, it's. It's really cool. I think you know this thing I'm doing like could have been like a Google Doc or, then maybe a Google Sheet for some of it. But looking at all the things that Notion can do, uh, it it seems like it's going to be a kind of a one, one, a one size fits all solution for the or one stop shop more than more one stop shop. Um, so, uh, <laughs>
2: One size available, <laughs>
3: and uh, and also it's free. Like I think they have, you can pay for some stuff, but like just using it for personal use uh, is free, and you get all of the stuff with it. And it's even even like little stuff, like you can put little icons for your different pages, and uh, you can make like a little banner image. And they have like a image library that you can just search and just put stuff in there, and it's that doesn't cost you anything extra it's 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 really cool
1: notion it's such an interesting paradigm for doing stuff and and i found i haven't used it lately because part of it i kind of run into sort of like i wish i could do this with it and then i don't but it is really really for self-journaling and keeping track of stuff and tasks it's super powerful
3: i uh i i read an article maybe it was on buzzfeed news the past week but apparently the a hot new TikTok craze has been To get uh get the audience of TikTok, which is often younger, into making a Notion, and you make make here go to Notion, and you can make your daily your daily tasks, and don't forget to take your pills, and here's your calendar, and here's your you can journal stuff here, you can keep track of all the movies and TV that you want to watch or have watched, and and it really it really can support all that stuff. It's 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 uh it's interesting seeing that as a
0: yeah, I think it's just such a it's such a great tool, and it. Every time I use it, I'm just like, man, why, how much did Google fumble the bag? Like, cause like so <laughs> much of what, so much of what I use it for is just like, oh, this is what docs should be. Oh, this is what uh sheets should be. This is where things should have evolved. It really is such those products, which are indispensable, right? I still use docs. I still use sheets, but they're, they're they basically killed Microsoft's office suite and then declared victory. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they, they're like, well, we did it. <laughs> we hit we the did end it. of the internet. We,
2: we defeated the year 2000 and now have made it to the year 2001. Woo! That's good enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: It,
1: it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Sure. It is. Yeah. It's Google docs is interesting to you. Cause like, do you know what file format a Google doc it, document is? Uh, man, I, I don't even know, like, I know that it'll download it
2: in whatever, you know, in a, whatever Doc, format you want. Is it, it, it docx Doc or something or a PDF or question? There format, is none. Right? Yeah. There right? is yeah, none.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, it's a file. They have no file. No, there is no format. It is. That's, that's like their idea of like just the data guys. So they're, they, are they they like Larry Page had such a granular idea about what he wanted the data to be. But he never stopped to think about, you know, the, the structure of itself. But yeah, I think that's Notion's exciting because it's like, man, let's revisit all these things we thought were solved problems and now create things that are really cool. And I think that or something, I think we're gonna get blogging back in some form. I think we probably get some things that we kind of let go and now maybe go like, oh, it'd be cool to have a thing on the web that's not just my hot takes about the pancakes I ate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, I uh, took a trip um Saturday um i went to indiana and a little town there called hawkins uh they had an opening of the starcourt mall which i went to go watch that which was pretty cool and uh you know a little chaos there there was a little bit of a power outrage and some teenagers around there like some troubled kids there but all in all it was a pleasant trip so
2: i'm i'm in an alternate timeline would still be trying to figure out what you're talking about. But in this timeline, I've seen that Bryce has already pulled up the Stranger things drive into experience. So (laughs) we, we, we talked about this, uh, as, as a, as a concept, but you did it.
1: Yeah, did it, did it, went and did it Saturday. So what it is, is in downtown LA, you buy your tickets, you pull up in your car and they have a stranger things. It's basically a haunted house for your car. Uh, you get to go too, um, and you show up at an allotted time. And they feed you into first into a parking lot where you line up in a parking lot, and they have up on a stage. They have the whatever the science a guy playing the role of the science teacher. The video screen, he's there to MC the opening of Starcourt Mall, and then they have actors dressed as the kids from Stranger Things, which is incredibly convincing when everybody wears a face mask, running around with some video equipment like doing their AV club stuff and reenacting scenes from the movie with like you know the fight over you know who you know. Uh, taking L for granted, whatever. And uh so you get scenes reenacted by actors there going through there, then there's power outages. You listen to the whole thing on your radio in your car. If you want food, you can actually just scan a QR code and order popcorn or whatever. They bring it to your window where you get the first part of there. Then, you know, that's like a half an hour, and then finally the cars go up into a parking garage, and you wind through the parking garage, and if you go into the parking garage, all of a sudden it goes from Starcourt to some secret Russian facility with Russians walking around, and your cars are lined up, and then you watch kind of actors enact another kind of a sequence or show for you with Russians running around and Demogorgons playing around with their windows and stuff and blackouts and stuff. Then you go to another level. You go through this sort of weird sort of thing where like what I'm seeing right now, where you see the vines have taken over and you turn out all the car lights. So all the cars in the parking garage are there with the lights out. And there's this weird VFX light show and stuff that plays. Then you finally make your way to the roof where they have a big, huge sort of setup there where they do uh, multiple actors playing the parts, video displays, incredible, big, big sort of production. So it was cool. That's awesome. It was like... Yeah, I mean, it. it, by no means was I like, oh, this was amazing and perfect, but there's not a lot of practice making car drive-through attraction experiences, and what they're able to pull off was pretty amazing. Well, and
2: especially, I totally assume this would be like a a car wash thing where you would drive up and it would hook up and just tow your car around, but it sounds like you're being directed and you're actually driving, driving on purpose from point A to point B.
1: Yeah, there are hundreds of cars here. I don't know. I mean That's it's crazy. Not, they're not gonna build, you know, a car tow thing. Like, yeah, no, it's it's you know, you drive you're driving through a parking garage. First you're like, oh my god, well, we drive through parking garages all the time. They've solved the liability of that. Uh in here, you know, there are people directing you to stop, move forward, where to go. There's even uh even a gift shop. You pull your car up into a place, scan a QR code, and they'll bring whatever you wanted to buy up to you. And so it's put on by fever, which does other kind of attractions. So it is a very and again it's not like you brought and they explain like you're in one stage then they say okay everybody go to stage two and they'll call stage two and they bring you there and your car stop and you do that and then you go to the next stage and your car stops so the attractions are basically when your car stopped you're not like moving you're moving through like everything's designed and stuff but the, the main part of the attractions when your cars are parked and st- scenes happen in front of you
0: that's awesome but uh, how expensive I think, yeah, just, it? just 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 a great idea yeah i'm curious there
1: yeah. It was uh 30 bucks per person. And, um, so how you, like, long are, Oh, we were there like an hour and a half. And, That's and cool. I would say that like, uh, like we've done like their Christmas lights, car, car drive, throughs things, there's stuff like that before. This was a whole different level than anything I've ever experienced like that. This was a literally like dozens and dozens of actors playing out scenes it was kind of as close to like a theme park show as you could get where you turn like you know a parking garage into this, so um I think that's I mean, it was a great idea, th-
0: yeah, yeah, and i would I would love to see more stuff like that that's kind of on the level of somewhere between like a Halloween horror night's haunted house and like a stunt spectacular, you know, without some of the 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 the, the jumping and diving and stuff like that, unless there was, which is great. Uh, I, I think it's it 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 shows a lot of ingenuity. Uh, uh, and I think people are starved for it right now because yeah, you know, he, people don't go to theme parks, you know, because they don't like these kinds of things. And to 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 microize it and and
1: sell it for thirty dollars is a great idea. Yeah, sixty dollars per two person car, then add a person for thirty. So like, I we were we had fun. i mean again, I could nitpick it to hell, but like, point was like what they pulled off. It's not like a haunted house where you can draw upon thousands of haunted houses and say, yeah, we'll use this year and we'll do this year. It worked worked great was really impressed that's awesome gentlemen it's been weird (laughs) diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program (laughs)